You've been a good saver, amassed a nice portfolio that should take you all the way through retirement. Today, we're going to talk about the first year in retirement. Stuff is going to happen that you didn't expect. We've got five things you might not expect, but really need and to prepare now, for. And now, the Texas Financial Advisory Radio Show with Brooklyn Chandler Willard. Welcome in, everybody. This is the Texas Financial Advisory Radio Show with Brooklyn Chandler Willie. I'm consumer advocate Steve Sadal. Brooklyn is president and CEO of Texas Financial Advisory in San Antonio, a registered investment advisor. Yes, fiduciary, of course, independent. Yes. All of the things that we look for in an, uh, in an advisor. Uh, hi, Brooklyn. What's going on? Hey, Steve. Well, just kind of navigating through this, you know, it's kind of getting cooler around here and all the different festivities that are coming our way. Sure. It's a great part of Texas to be in during October, November, December. Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. I mean, the weather's like perfect at that point, isn't it? I know. Well, some, some days. Some days. Okay. I understand. <laughs> I understand. Perfect is a hard word. I don't know. That may not make it through compliance. Okay. All right. I'm, I will. I... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, all right. So we're talking about getting ready for retirement and, and um, that first year in retirement. And I got to believe, Brooklyn, that just in your experience, that first year for people has got to be maybe one of the most difficult just because there's so many changes. Well, there's not just changes to your everyday life because you no longer work. Um, there's some mental changes that come with that. And so um, we always try and prep people that, you know, life is going to change. This is like a big evolution. And um, you've also got to be mentally strong, not just financially strong. I mean, everyone thinks that that's the hard part, the saving part, but there's a mental part that, uh, an emotional part that people have to kind of get on board with. And um, I find that the more active they are with with their community, their family, their church, um, they, they got to have something bigger than themselves in a, you know, just a TV lineup. There's only so much TV you can watch. Exactly. Is that is that a discussion that you have? I mean, do you try to help people walk down that path and really encourage them to get involved in something or part-time yeah. or whatever it might be? You know, there's a, there's a psychology behind how we all deal with money, right? And your money mindset, if you will. And um, I, I really got kind of on a rabbit trail with this and researching stuff. And um, you can actually get like a PhD in behavioral finance. Oh, yeah, but, right. <laughs> um, but, you know, all these psychologists, psychiatrists and you know, what have you have done tests and quizzes and there's there's a financial identity that we all have and usually you have like two that are kind of fighting each other your primary and your secondary um financial identity and a lot of times your secondary financial identity is who you always are like from when you were a kid to retirement it's kind of like your your why um like why you chose the job you chose why you saved the way you did so whether it's a lot of times it's generational that your parents raised you this way because they were raised this way or because this thing happened to their family or the depression or, you know, there's something there that's created this, this is how we've always done it, right? And then your primary financial identity is sometimes situational to where you are in life, right? Or where you are in your career. And so we kind of want to determine 
what that is for everybody coming in the door, your primary and your secondary, because it also shows us as a firm if we would be a good fit for you as your partner in your financial planning. Because I can genuinely say there are some financial identities that don't work well with whether it's our firm or any firm that it's just, you know, you're, it's not going to work well that you, you probably should self-manage or, um, you know, or not invest at all. I mean, there are some people that are so risk adverse that it's that the only way they can sleep at night is just having all their money sitting in cash in a bank, which doesn't make any sense. But, um, you know, again, it's hard to get around that. It's hard to change that, um, financial behavior. Well, and again, we talk about making the adjustments and uh, prioritizing expenses. That that becomes, you know, there's there's the needs and there's the wants, and, and it's kind of a fine line. Sure. And, you know, it's a good time to kind of evaluate where your money's going each month. Um, I've seen some people that are so detail-oriented with how their money is spent and how much they can spend each month, and sometimes that's a little suffocating. Um, I don't like the word budget because it's similar to the word diet in the food world. When someone says, I need to go on a diet, then your brain goes, oh, no, you're going to starve me. Mm -hmm. So I will either hold on to all your weight and you don't get to eat and still (laughs) are fat or um, I'm going to go eat everything in front of my face and gain 20 pounds. Right. (laughs) So we like to talk about it in the version of a spending plan. And really that leads us to how we create your income plan, how much you're going to get each month. Because when you go into retirement, I say this time and time again, it becomes you're, you're voluntarily self-employed. You're taking your savings and you're switching from accumulation mode to preservation and distribution mode. Now, here's once we know that base spending plan, then it becomes kind of the fun bucket planning item, like how much could you have extra spendability for trips or kind of those bucket list items. Maybe you've been waiting for, um, you know, to redo your, your kitchen or, you know, just different items like that. And we can help you kind of navigate what's the best way to pay for this. Actually, just, uh, just this week, I had several people or two appointments that, um, you know, they had a little bit left on their mortgage to pay off, but the interest rates were, you know, of course, really low. Like one person was paying like 2% and another one's paying 3%. Boy, that's and nice. I'm like, yeah, I mean, especially right now in the interest rate. And I'm like, why would you take a big chunk out of your retirement accounts and, you know, pay the tax on it just to pay off your mortgage? Because you can support your mortgage with the cash flow plan. There, you've got plenty of assets to generate the cash to pay for the mortgage you don't get a prize at the end of paying your mortgage off. Um, and the only way you can get the cash out of that is by selling the house. So it, it just didn't make any sense for these two individual appointments that I had um, to to do that. It was, sure. There was no reward <laughs> no um, reward I get for it. that sacrifice. And so we talk about uh, so prioritizing expenses, yes. So when we get to retirement and we're going through that whole, you know, transition, does that mean, okay, wow, I can stop saving now? Is that is that fair to say, or do we have to keep saving? Well, again, each person's different, and I know we preface that every time I talk. But, I mean, there, there's just certain 
you need to make sure you have some sort of emergency fund. Well, again, you don't know what you don't know, which is why it's important to work with a professional and, and certainly a team like you've put together, Brooklyn. I mean, you guys really, because you're independent fiduciary advisors, you're looking out for us and only yeah. us. And the key there is the the two words, independent and fiduciary, right? So you could go work with an advisor in a big box and they could be a fiduciary, like licensed advisor, but that just means they're recommending what's in the best interest of you, but they're still siphoned to what the firm lineup is, like what products the firm allows for them to offer. Whereas our firm, Texas Financial Advisory, we work directly for clients. And then from there, we have unlimited options on the, um, well, as long as they are regulated right? Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, and we're licensed to sell them. I'll throw in those disclaimers there for compliance. Um, but we're not for, there's no sales quota like, Oh my goodness, guys, we've got to sell this much product because there, we're going to get a free trip to wherever that doesn't, that's not how our firm is set up at all. Sure. Um, it's, it's about what makes sense for the prospective client that, you know, bringing them on board. We want to make sure that they're in a better position than they were before they walked in our door. I like it. And, uh, Brooklyn, let's invite folks to call and, uh, and get up. You've got some spots on the calendar for them. Yeah, we, we earmark time on our calendar for people to, um, you know, come in, have a discussion. Of course, you could give us a call and we can try and do, you know, a conversation over the phone, but you really can make a lot of headway just by taking time out of your calendar to actually come into our office here in San Antonio or New Braunfels. Um, if that really doesn't work, we do offer uh, Zoom appointments, but really that time is at no cost to you. You don't have to pay anything. It's just a time for us to have a one-on-one to, to understand what you're looking for. And then we can also show you actually, again, a radio show only can go so far. I can't show you anything, um, but we can show you what our, our TFA financial roadmaps look like and how that could benefit you and start actually putting yours together. So if you'd like that opportunity, a couple ways you can reach us. You can go to the website, Texas Financial advisor.com and actually book your appointment from there or you can call us right now at 844-832-7469 that's 844-TFA-SHOW the results of the 2022 retirement survey and insights report have identified a concerning trend among pre-retirees the disparity between baby boomers and generation xers is crystal clear tips for navigating your retirement coming up Back on the Texas Financial Advisory Radio Show with Brooklyn Chandler Willie. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. This is going to be a fun one, Brooklyn. Um, you know, we, we, it occurred to me as we, you know, as I start re- reading a lot of stuff, and I know you do too, that Gen Xers are kind of getting close to retirement. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the oldest one is what, 58 at this point from a Gen X standpoint? That's right there in that financial red zone. Yeah. So is that an audience or is that a is that a client that you're beginning to see? I just thought it would be interesting to reach out to them and say, hey, it's never too early to plan. Well, actually, I feel like that's been kind of the shift in the last maybe five to seven years. Oh, really? Because they're realizing from their parents going into retirement or their coworkers going into retirement, they're realizing, hey, 
I don't have a pension like everyone else did before me. Or um, I hop jobs to, you know, that's kind of the thing, right? Go work for one company, get a title and a, a salary and then stay there a couple years and then use that to get to another one, kind of hop your way up the corporate ladder. Um, and so there's been a lot of disruption in savings or, um, you know, startup costs of moving from one job to another, possibly one town for another. So, um, you know, I, I identify in that Gen X because sure. I am a Gen Xer. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we've seen a lot of folks, whereas when I started this company back in January 2008, my primary clients were people already retired. Um, of, of course, the baby boomer generation is the largest generation of our you know, entire being, right? Mm -hmm. And so 10,000 baby boomers are retiring still to this day. Um, are applying for social security. So 10,000 baby boomers applying every single new baby boomers, um, applying every day. So again, that's another reason that Gen Xers are, are somewhat seeing like, okay, resources are going to get scarce. That social security system is probably, I mean, it may be there for you, um, uh, depending on where you are on that Gen X spectrum, but the odds are it's going to be a very different system when you get to it. And so, uh, not that you should rely on social security to be your primary source of, of income and retirement, but that is an income stream that you've paid into that is suffering because there's more people on social security than those paying into social security. So, yeah. And that, that gap is closing. Yeah, it is. And so, you know, again, we do see disparities um, from one generation to the next. Um, and, and we've created systems for, the baby boomers, the Gen Xers, the millennials, and even Generation Z, because we've had clients that are bringing in their, you know, their whole family to work with us. And mm -hmm. so, um, and, and, you know, we've got a couple of clients that are, are YouTube stars or what do you call them? Influencers. Um, influencers. Yeah. They, and, and I'm like, this money's great for y'all, but it <laughs> may not last. May not last. Yeah. <laughs> The well, I mean, again, so just from a definition standpoint, Gen X goes from 65 to 1980, baby boomers from 46 to 64. So again, that's a pretty broad area. Have I, I read the line that said um, the the that Gen Xers are becoming the lost generation? Is that is that true? I don't think so. Well, I think aren't we aren't we always like we're the latch key kids? Well, yeah, you know, exactly. our parents are all working, so we had to like walk home and let ourselves in. And well, yeah, true. Um, well, but but again, I think a lot of Gen Xers like you. I mean, you're you're really getting concerned about getting ready for retirement. Maybe that's happening a little bit earlier, just like you said, because of their parents, maybe their grandparents. Right, and they're seeing how, you know, several factors. Right, not just the savings aspect to create um, a nest egg. I mean, you've gone through the dot com bubble. You've had the mortgage crisis. We've had you know, election craziness. We've had war in Ukraine. I mean, pandemic, pandemic. Oh my gosh. The pandemic. Uh, how did I forget that? Oh, man. So, <laughs> uh, I mean, that's just a lot to go through in and try to be saving much less working and raising a family. Um, Oh, wow, we've got a, we need therapy. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're right. Well, I mean, so we talk about um, Social Security, talked about Social Security cuts. That's something that could happen, isn't it? Of course. I mean, they've got to rebalance that system. Um, and, 
it's just ironic because they've increased the payout. I mean, the, if you're on Social Security, you've got a nice little raise coming your way if, if it hasn't already started. And um, so it's just an unsustainable system currently because people are living longer. Back when it was implemented, um, you, you know, again, people's life expectancy, I think men's life expectancy was 67. Yeah, right. <laughs> so here it is, like, you could live to be 90 and so on and so forth. Right. And, and but again, that is a concern, I think. And then uh, health care has got to be another one that weighs heavy on, on pretty much everybody's mind, no matter their age. I mean, that's, right. that's a scary and, area. And health is is wealth. I mean, right now we're in this open enrollment for Medicare. If, if you're shopping and trying to figure out what's the good, um, you know, fit for you with Medicare supplements or so on and so forth, you can go to our website, texasfinancialadvisory.com and book a Medicare appointment. But, um, you know, Medicare doesn't cover everything and there's still the need for if you, as you age, right. Mm -hmm. Old people insurance, if you will, that like, you know, do you need to have someone come in your house? Do you need just someone to, you know, run errands for you. The other thing we've seen a big pressure on family is, is, memory care right the you could be physically fine healthy as an ox but your brain's gone and and now the family is sitting here like how do we make sure they don't hurt themselves or leave the stove on or drive when they shouldn't be driving because again physically they're there mentally they're not Mm -hmm. and um that's tough right and and as um people in that situation they can tend to be violent. And so now they've hurt their caregivers or their loved ones. And man, I've just, I, it's, it breaks my heart because I have seen it and experienced it, you know, firsthand with my own family members, but also, I mean, almost all in a weekly, we hear stories from our clients that are trying to care for their parents or their in-laws or, or what have you. And, um, they're becoming that sandwich generation where yep. they just finished raising their own children, getting them through college and onto their own careers. And now they are having to care for their parents or their in-laws or their loved ones um, because that group did not necessarily have a long-term care plan. And it's important to have those conversations. So are is planning for a Gen X person retiring versus a baby boomer? Are there are there different strategies for each one, or or does it basically become the same thing, just just younger? Right, and it's a way of reverse engineering. Okay, um, I like the sound of that. And the fact that we say, okay, you probably would work X amount of more years. Here's your your spend, you know, your uh, saveability, like how much you make versus how much you could save. Um, and so the, the goal, we were able to kind of goal-based plan that like, if we could get this much saved, this is what your cash flow would look like in retirement, um, versus someone that's in, you know, nearing retirement a couple years out or are already retired. Again, they've probably accumulated what they're going to accumulate. There's not a bunch of years there that they can keep saving. So, um, you know, Again, we're not putting pressure on them that, okay, well, you need to go out there and try and hustle it up, make a couple hundred thousand dollars more. Yes, exactly. Uh, But we will be very honest and say, look, this is what you saved and this is what you can spend to not worry about running out of money before you, you know, run out of life. And maybe that means you change your lifestyle. You know, I don't know. I mean, that's ultimately up to you, but I'm going to be honest with you to say, 
how much you can spend where, you know, whereas, a, you know, Gen X couple coming in that are, you know, in their late forties, early fifties, they still probably will work another 15, maybe even 20 years. And so we've got, we've got room. We can take a little bit of pressure off it that, um, but they, they still have challenges coming up, right? Maybe mm-hmm. they haven't paid for college for their kids or the kids are going to need them to help through college or weddings or whatever. Those, those kind of items that if you're a family steward, going back to that, uh, financial identities that you're, you, you want to make the money to be able to support those lifestyle events. So do you think Gen Xers are, are more vulnerable than baby boomers at this point from a, from a retirement standpoint? Are there more unknowns? I think we've just gone through a lot. We, we have a little bit of oh, PTSD, yeah. if you will. Um, and so, again, it's just that juggling of roles um, and, and, you know, navigating these areas that we're in be it right now we're in major inflation right and so you're you're working and your paycheck hasn't necessarily increased but yet the cost of everything else around you has gas groceries um not necessarily the fun stuff so how do you keep saving or being encouraged to save during that time versus like well i just won't put into my 401k right now or won't save anything extra because you know, I've got to buy groceries. So, um, you know, we've got a lot of tools here that we can help you uh, make sense of that, make it very logical versus emotional. Um, and then also, I think it's motivational to kind of see, look, if we get through this, here's where you can be in the next 10, 15 years, there's light at the end of the tunnel. And we do that through our software and our planning, but we can't do it on the radio, right? We have right. to have you come in and participate in this process. Um, if, if you want to start out with a phone call, we can do that to kind of break the ice, but man, there's a lot of traction we can make when you come in the office and sit down face to face, eye to eye with an advisor here at Texas financial advisory. And the good news is we don't charge for that. You can come in at no cost to kind of explain your situation, walk through it, see what we do here. Let us show you what, um, our TFA financial plans look like. Uh, If you'd like that opportunity, just give us a call, 844-832-7469. That's 844-TFA-SHOW. You can also visit the website, of course, texasfinancialadvisory.com. And um, you can book your own consultation from there. Sounds great, folks. Uh, Take advantage of it, 844-832-7469. That's the number you can call. When we come back, we'll highlight some money moves to make before the end of the year. The holidays will be here before you know it. We're back on the Texas Financial Advisory Radio Show with Brooklyn Chandler Willie, and uh, boy, you just you just said it. The holidays will be here before you know it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, once Halloween's over, I mean, goodness gracious, I mean, it's it's a fast. And they already have Valentine's Day stuff out oh, after Halloween. <laughs> yeah, and and Christmas has been out since before Halloween, so there you oh, go. Exactly. Well, I, but the thing is, from a financial standpoint, there are some things that we could be doing, maybe should be doing before the end of the year to make sure we're going to be buttoned up the way we need to be and it could start with okay if you're over 50 you can you can deposit you can contribute more money to your 401k or your ira sure and that that is an option if you haven't elected that or you just turned 50 this year 
Um, you can stuff a little bit more into your 401ks. While you're doing that, let's check to see if your employer plan offers a Roth 401k or a Roth TSP because that could be a game changer for you and we can help you walk through switching from the um, traditional plan to the Roth plan, making new contributions to show you how that could really benefit you, um, you know, once you get into retirement. So uh, when we talk about like milestones in people's lives and like special ages, you know, 50 is a great time to 50 is the new new 30, but 50 as far as permission to do things from the IRS, um, you get, you get some, you start getting these benefits of your, of your age at the age of 50, but Mm -hmm. we want to show you where and how to make those contributions. And that's part of our TFA financial planning process to, to help you allocate money in the right buckets, if you will, so that you have a tax diversity when it comes to retirement, that you're not just all, um, it's not all stuffed in one type of plan that you now owe tax on when you get to retirement. Sure. Um, so this is something we, you talked about um, uh, the max to your 401k. HSAs, the health savings accounts. I, I read a story this week that, that suddenly there's there's this opening of, of newfound uh, you know benefit to having an HSA. And that is that triple, you know, it's a triple win. Triple, it's a triple threat. Yeah. But it's a good no, one. It gets a triple win. Um, yeah, and again, so there's there's two healthcare plans, and people don't really understand the difference, and I didn't really either, to, just to be perfectly honest. But mm-hmm. um, you have your health savings account, and then you have those flexible savings account. Um, the health savings HSA are the better of the two, and that's my opinion. Um, we don't sell them. So I'm not trying to sell you one. It's typically something you have a benefit through your work. And so, you know, a family can put in up to as much as $7,300 into it. If you're over 55, again, remember when you start turning 50, all these, you know, little bonuses start happening with your money, if you will. You can add an extra $1,000 there. And that HSA, it can be invested, um, but you've paid it in without paying the tax on it so that if you use it on healthcare expenses, you don't have to pay tax on it. So it's tax free. And then, um, you know, for whatever reason, if you don't spend it all you down the road, there's no force, like you got to hurry up and spend it in 12 months, right? Mm -hmm. And let it accrue. Um, But you can also, uh, which means there's interest in it. It's growing interest. It's the triple part. But yeah, the other exactly. part that people don't realize if there's just a lot of money stuffed in it and you just don't think you need it because you're healthy and everything's covered by Medicare, you could then roll it into an IRA without it being an IRA contribution. It's just a rollover. Okay, that makes sense. And and uh, but the the HSA, I think it's it is rather. I mean, they've been around for a long time, Brooklyn. And, sure. And but it seems only in the recent last few years people have said oh i don't have to pay taxes on it going in when it grows or when it comes out i i if you got the if you got a, a high deductible plan i think a lot of us do it's a great way to go well it's also typically needs to be through your employer right and so um that's where that's kind of hard sometimes if your employer doesn't offer it then you can't put it into sure. it um now again i'm just speaking generally this is just you know, let's pretend your employer doesn't offer it through 
their benefits. There are, I've seen some folks be able to, like they had an existing one from a different employer and they're able to kind of direct their paycheck before they get paid, um, typically with like smaller firms. So, uh, you know, it's just not as readily available for um, for folks to have it, you know, have an HSA with their employer. Mm-hmm. Understood. And so we talk about, um, you know, a lot of folks, I mean, a lot of folks have a 401k, but there are certainly a large number that don't. But that doesn't stop you from saving for retirement. You can open a Roth, you can open a regular IRA, whatever you want to do, it, it you can do it and you can help us. Sure. And depending on your income, that that IRA contribution may be deductible, may not be deductible. Um, and But there is no income limit on Roth conversions. And so you could do what's called a backdoor Roth where you put it into an IRA and, and you put your 6,500. If you're over that magic age of 50, you can put 7,500 in it um, and then convert it to be a Roth. That would help you create that tax tax diversity that I spoke of earlier. So, um, you, I mean, it seems like a small drop in the bucket, but that adds up over time. And so um, it is something you could do for yourself, your spouse. Um, we Going back to our Gen Xers, right? Yeah. A lot of our Gen Xers are business owners. Um, and so we do, we open up Roth IRAs for their kids. And so you could stuff $6,500 in there for your child. Um, we just got to make sure we, we mark the boxes as far as what the IRS requires. But I mean, how great is that to be like a 10 year old and be able to have this Roth IRA that you have money in that's growing and then there's no, you know, it's growing tax free. Any distributions from it can be tax free. There's no age restrictions on it. So a lot of things to look at. That's, uh, you know, again, one of the benefits of, of these Gen Xers coming in um, and meeting with us thinking that, well, it just seems too, too soon to start retirement planning. Well, there's other stuff you could be doing in the interim that it doesn't always have to be just the token IRA. Um, and, and really, we encourage people to have more types of accounts, not just an IRA, because a lot of times it's not enough money to be able to retire on because the, the IRS is limited how much you can put in it capped how much you can put into your retirement plans, right? So basically about, you know, $20,500. And if you're over 50, you can add an extra six grand. But, you know, that so that, that limits how much you can put in. If your employer matches, that's free money. And then the market could take from all that. <laughs> yeah, of course know. they can, yes. And so in reality, that may not be enough of an, a bucket to save in. You may need to save outside of it. I would say... Uh, there's a strong possibility, I can't give you a statistic, but major- the majority of people, myself included, y- you need to have accounts outside of just your employer-sponsored 401k. Well, and you mentioned, you know, setting up a Roth IRA for, for your kids or maybe even your grandkids. But And, and again, if you, if you keep putting money in that, in theory, then, once the, once the kid grows up, is 18 years old, I mean, you can always take out the principal, right? I mean, you could, you could use that as a college fund. I mean, is that, is that oversimplifying things? I mean, for the Roth plans, you know, there's just kind of a five-year rule. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's as once far the as, five-year rule is done, then... I mean, you can take out the, the principal at any time. that's what I mean, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's the, the income or the interest that needs to kind of sit there and marinate for five years. 
Um, but it's also the, it kind of starts that five-year timeline, right? So you, if you started a Roth IRA for someone at age 10, by the time they're 15, they have met the Roth IRA guideline for their whole life. And we see a lot of people that are in their 60s that have never started the timeline for the, the, the Roth IRA. The Roth, so now sure. we're starting it at age 60 and they're having to wait till they're 65, yep. right? Mm-hmm. So um, – Again, this is just, it's like chess. It's understanding which which way to go um, and what's going to be the most impactful over time. Um, let's talk about saving taxes by donating money. That's uh, when we get into the uh, RMD world, that becomes something that is an option as well if you don't need the money. Sure. And, and that is a huge blessing. <laughs> um, and so there's different ways that you can do that in order to have that charitable deduction. I think that a lot of people thought once um, the Trump tax laws went into play and our standard deduction went up that, I mean, sadly, we saw a lot of people stop giving to charities um, because they're like, well, what's the point? It's not deductible. Now, I mean, that is a benefit, but I think that you should give to just give. The more you give, the more you receive. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's just a higher level to all this. But, um, we do see people that have appreciated stock that they're like, hey, look, I'm never going to use it. Let me give it to my church, um, my, you know, a nonprofit school or what have you that you have a passion behind. So now you don't have to pay the taxes on it and they get to get it tax free. Um, so, again, you can't take it with you when you go. Right. And we all go one day. So um, if you don't need it, you can get a tax benefit from being able to do these charitable donations. The deal is, is we've got to do it the right way because that's, um, that's a very hurtful whammy. If you just give it and it's not done properly and then it gets to be tax, it's too late when it gets to be tax season, you you don't have a do over. So, um, you know, that's something that also changed with the, with the Trump tax laws is one Everything's done basically by December 31st. The only kind of caveat to that is whether you make a contribution to your IRA. You still have a little bit of window of time before um, you file your taxes the next year, but everything else kind of went out the table. And we used to have somewhat of a window of time in the following year to do something. Right. And and so, again, on that note, we are up against the clock, uh, Brooklyn. Let's go ahead and invite folks to call. And, you know, there's still some spots on your calendar. Sure. And again, I think something we, I didn't bring this up, but one of the things that right now is a great time to do it is start mapping out your tax return for next year. And we will do what's called a, a tax what if that we can take your last year's tax return and project out for next year and say, hey, if you make these switches in the next two months, you could save this much in tax. So especially for our listeners out there that have six-figure tax bills, right? I mean, that's kind of crazy to think about that you're paying more than $100,000 a year in taxes. Well, there are strategies that we can help you put into place to put a little more money back in your pocket versus Uncle Sam. Unfortunately, it's not something we can just send you a link for you do need to be able to sit down with an advisor to walk you through this so if you'd like that opportunity give us a call at 844-832-7469 
844-TFA-SHOW or visit the website, texasfinancialadvisory.com. Hey, Brooklyn, it's been a pleasure. Always one of my favorite hours of the week. It goes by very quickly, and I, and I just love the, the conversation. You bring up some really interesting points. Thanks so much, Steve. So we want to thank everybody for listening. We do appreciate it. And we're going to come back next week. New topics and questions and a whole lot more right here on the Texas Financial Advisory Radio Show. Investment advisory services offered through Queen Bee Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Brooklyn Chandler Willie provides general information, not individually targeted personalized advice, and is not liable for the usage of information discussed. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles should not be considered investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell any of these financial vehicles. This information should also not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with a professional specializing in the fields of tax, legal, accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company and are offered through Queen Bee Advisors LLC. By contacting Queen Bee Advisors LLC, you may be provided information regarding the purchase of insurance products.